everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I am your host, Usamimi, and this episode will be another short review episode. For those of you who might be newer to the podcast, a review episode is just my super fancy name for a podcast episode I record solo where I go back and revisit an older anime title I haven't seen in years, take some notes on what I might remember about it, and then go rewatch it to see if I still feel the same way about it as I did back in the day, since, you know, as we get older, sometimes our tastes change, or we pick up on things we didn't notice before, all that fun stuff. Simple, right? Anyway, I usually run my podcast in a schedule where I'll do two longer episodes with a guest where we go in-depth on something, and then one of these short review episodes to give myself a little bit of a break. So, if this kind of episode isn't to your liking, don't worry. This isn't how every episode of the podcast goes. The next episode will go back to me and a guest talking about a fun subject in-depth, so please look forward to it. Now that that's all out of the way, summer is currently in full swing, at least here in North America, where I currently am. And that means super hot afternoons where I try my best to avoid going outside for as long as I can. This, of course, reminds me of those days as a teenager during summer vacation where I tried to basically do the same thing, except I'd also be lazing about watching anime on VHS and sitting as close to the oscillating fan as possible. Thinking back to those kinds of summers, one VHS tape specifically stuck out in my mind, not just because I probably watched it multiple times over, but because it definitely had a very summer vibe to it. And that was Animego's second VHS tape release of the Kimigure Orange Road OVAs, which included the first two OVAs that were released in Japan. This was also one of my first exposures to the Kimigori Orange Road franchise altogether, as Animego released the OVAs before releasing the TV series back in the 90s. I can't recall for sure if this was the first one I ever saw, since there's a high chance I watched them out of order, since they weren't always clearly marked, and plus the OVAs were pretty standalone anyway. But I do remember that this particular one had the episode called Hawaiian Suspense. This was the one that really gave me that summer feeling, probably because it was all about Kyosuke, Madoka, and Hikaru going to Hawaii and hanging out on a beach. Ironically, it was also paired with an OVA episode about Kyosuke and the gang going on a ski trip, which is very much not a story with a summer vibe. But it was nice to imagine cool snowy mountains on a warm summer day, so I didn't really mind it at all. While I remember watching this tape multiple times, I am a little fuzzy on a lot of the finer details, which made me want to revisit these specific OVA episodes. Here's what I do remember. In the Hawaiian episode, Kyosuke, Madoka, and Hikaru are all in Hawaii for some reason or another, and through some kind of mix-up, Hikaru is taken by kidnappers, and Kyosuke and Madoka have to save her somehow. In the skiing episode, Kyosuke and Madoka end up trapped in a mountain cave and think they're being chased by a ghost. 
I think. <laughs> Other than those details, I know that the animation in both are pretty nice since they're OVAs. Generally a bit nicer looking than how the TV series looked as a whole, which is normal for an OVA usually. The opening and the endings are similar to the TV show because they were supposed to take place during the TV series, though I can't remember in between which episodes specifically off the top of my head. And finally, I remember the beautiful artwork used on the clamshell VHS covers that was drawn by Akemi Takata. They were all of Madoka, naturally, and this one had Madoka in sort of a sexy Hawaiian theme on the front, and the one on the back cover was the first time that I ever recalled seeing any sort of art that successfully made somebody wearing ski gear look attractive. <laughs> this is definitely a cover that I was kind of glad my parents never saw, because it would have been pretty easy to mistake the cover art for something that was much sexier than it actually was. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> It has been quite a few years since the last time I watched these specific OVAs, so I'm looking forward to chilling out and revisiting these summer memories in this month's rewatch. why, but for some reason, I had gotten it in my head that the Kimigori Orange Road OVAs were about 40 minutes long each episode. But that wasn't the case, so this was a much shorter rewatch than I initially anticipated. Each one of these OVAs are less than 30 minutes, around the same time as one of the TV series episodes. In fact, they have the same style opening and ending, with title cards that match the original TV show, as well as the same eye catches, even though there are no commercials, obviously. 
This means the entire tape itself that I watched was probably about 40 minutes, give or take a few minutes here and there for trailers or English credits. Maybe that's what I was thinking of and had gotten it mixed up. Anyway, this made for a pretty short watch, but it was still pretty fun. Something I also learned while looking up information on these OVAs was that Animego released them at least twice. The first time with the Akemi Takata drawn covers that I was used to seeing. The second time with stills from the episodes used as cover art with a design that more closely matched that of the TV series VHS release covers which they ended up doing later. I actually much prefer the ones with the Akemi Takata art, no real surprise there, which were specifically made just for the release in Japan as well. You can find photos of the Japanese Laserdiscs with this artwork and they look really, really nice. But the thing that I learned that really surprised me was that in Japan, these two episodes were actually the first two Kimigori Orange Road OVAs released in Japan. White Lovers, aka the skiing episode, was released March 1st, 1989, and Hawaiian Suspense, aka the Hawaii episode, was released a month later on April 1st. For some reason, however, when Animego released the OVAs here, both of these episodes were released on the second OVA VHS tape, with the third and fourth OVA episodes getting the first VHS release. Hopefully that's not confusing. <laughs> I'm not sure if Animego just thought they were more popular and wanted to get those out first, or if they were possibly getting the rights to those episodes before they got the rights to the other episodes, so they had to release them out of order. But it just goes to show you, once again, just how far anime releases have come during those early days, because that kind of confused me when I was looking up what order the OVAs were supposed to be in. Okay, okay, you're probably thinking, but what about the OVAs themselves? Right, 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 sorry. So let me get back on track. Now, previously I'd stated that these OVAs are pretty standalone, and that is correct for the most part. However, if you know nothing about the series or the characters, you're definitely gonna be a little lost at times. Originally, when these were released by Animego, they made sure to include extensive liner notes about the series, something they've always been known for. The reason they did Kimigori Orange Road OVA first instead of the TV series proper was, of course, that it was much shorter and easier to release and to sell since there was only a handful of them. And back in the day, many anime fans had already watched the TV series fan-subbed or in raw Japanese through their local anime clubs, so selling these to already established fans of the series wasn't too difficult. But for folks like me, who hadn't been exposed to it quite yet, these liner notes were very much appreciated. If I just watched the OVAs without knowing that the main character Kyosuke was secretly an esper with psychic powers that could just magically get him out of jams, I would have been incredibly confused when he just magically made things happen out of nowhere. 
The OVAs also assume that if you're watching, you already know who all these characters are and their relationships with each other. So these liner notes also did a good job of explaining how Kyosuke was a teenager who was sort of dating Hikaru, but he was actually in love with Madoka, and Madoka obviously liked him back, but was A, trying not to hurt the feelings of her best friend Hikaru by getting in her way, and B, too stubborn to be honest with her feelings in the first place. Yeah, love triangles. Super confusing, right? Not to mention all of the smaller background characters like Kyosuke's sisters, who are also secret espers, and all of Kyosuke's school friends. But if you can grasp all those basic tidbits of background information, you could still probably enjoy these random stories from the world of Kimiguri Orange Road. Although these are two very different but very interesting and kind of exciting episodes for sure. White Lovers, as I mentioned before, is a ski trip episode where Kyosuke, the girls, and most of the secondary cast take a trip to Kyosuke's grandparents, which happens to be a ski lodge in the mountains, complete with an indoor onsen bath. Which, of course, starts us off with a little of that good old-fashioned fan service, though it is pretty brief and tame in comparison to half a dozen others you can probably think of off the top of your head since this was made in the 80s. As the kids are getting prepared for their first ski trip, Kyosuke's grandparents warn them of a strange local legend that states if you ski on the mountain with someone you're in love with, you're doomed to die on the mountain naked in the snow. This of course means Hikaru insists that Kyosuke ski with Madoka instead of her, since she's convinced that obviously they're both truly in love with each other, which leads to Kyosuke and Madoka getting trapped in a cave under an avalanche, and hallucinating that they're both taking off their clothes for some reason. <laughs> and it only gets weirder and wackier from there, including being chased by a ghost, like I mentioned previously. I'd totally forgotten how many odd turns this specific episode takes, and it was really a trip. This episode has so much crammed into it, it still ends up being mostly lighthearted, and even features a cute little scene of Kyosuke's family cat Jinguro being dragged along on the trip and eventually being put on tiny little kitty-sized skis by his sisters to ski with them, <laughs> which was kind of adorable and a huge highlight of this episode for me, for obvious reasons. <laughs> In true 80s sitcom-style fashion, the whole story is wrapped up nicely with a bow in less than 30 minutes, but since this was an OVA, everything looks slightly nicer than a normal TV episode. The second OVA, Hawaiian Suspense, is definitely the kind of episode perfect for getting into the spirit of summer, especially if you're a fan of summer popcorn movies. Kyosuke, Hikaru, and Madoka are all in Hawaii for the very plausible reason that Madoka's parents, who are world-famous classical musicians, in case you don't remember, uh, were holding a concert there and invited them to all come along. Of course, this means a very fun opening sequence where the three are enjoying Hawaii and playing on the beach with not a single parent in sight. In fact, we never see them. Not once. 
Instead, we get a surprisingly serious plot about Hikaru being snatched by American kidnappers who've mistaken her for the daughter of a wealthy Japanese-American whose name is Hikari. Kyosuke and Madoka try their best to get her back by following these kidnappers' demands, but when they try to explain that there's been a huge mistake, things get even messier. Of course, as with the first OVA, everything wraps up by the end of the episode, with Kyosuke using his Esper powers to save the day, and still somehow managing to keep them a secret. This episode actually seemed to have an even more polished look than the first one, possibly due to different directors and key animators in each one, but it didn't look so different that it was distracting to see. In fact, seeing a mostly serious episode done in a more detailed style almost made it feel like its own little short action movie in a way, which kind of added to the fun of it, I thought. Overall, these were fun to revisit since I hadn't in so long. The OVAs are largely stories taken from the original manga that never made it into the series proper, either due to time constraints or possibly worries of too much nudity. Neither of the episodes were really all that explicit, but Madoka in particular does show a lot more skin in both of these episodes than she generally did in the original TV series. Not terribly surprising, as this kind of thing is what OVAs have a reputation for, since they were released directly to video and didn't need to follow any TV restrictions. Both episodes are very much in line with the kind of weird hijinks that you'd expect from the series, though the Hawaiian episode did have a slightly more serious tone at times than I'd remembered. Maybe when I'd originally seen it back in the day, I thought the premise was so ridiculous that I just kind of laughed it off. But watching it again as an adult, there were a few points where I was like, actually, some of this is a little too realistic and a little scary if you think about it too hard. Another thing I'd forgotten about in the Hawaiian episode was that since the kidnappers were American, they'd spoken in English. Whoever they had cast for them had actually sounded like native speakers, which was pretty cool. You also get to hear Madoka speak in English throughout the episode, albeit pretty simple phrases and words, but I still think her seiyu did a really great job, all things considered. So, would I recommend these OVAs to somebody who hasn't seen the TV series? Well, probably not. Back in the day, for a brief window of time, this series of OVAs was the easiest thing to find and show somebody if you wanted them to see anything related to the Kumigure Orange Road franchise that wasn't the movie, which would be a pretty bad first impression of the series, actually, since it's a pretty depressing movie, so not something you'd probably want to use to entice people to watch the rest of the series. <laughs> At the time, Giving people the basic primer of, okay, this is kind of what the series is about, here's a little something about the characters, now you know enough to basically get the gist of this, was pretty common in anime fandom, as we often didn't get full releases of things officially. Ask any older anime fan, and many will tell you that they got into certain shows by watching things out of order, or seeing a random chunk of it at a friend's house, or at a convention, or anime club viewing, and it intrigued them into learning more and seeking out the rest of it. 
that's probably not as common today since now we have so many things streaming or for sale or rent where it's easy to just start at the very beginning. If you are interested in the Kimigori Orange Road series, it's best to just start at the beginning of a TV show to get to know the characters and their stories the proper way. However, if you did watch the TV series and you enjoyed it, and you've somehow never gotten around to watching the OVAs, then I totally recommend checking them out. Chances are, if you've ever poked around the 80s anime tags on Tumblr or Pinterest or similar websites, you've probably seen a lot of screen caps and GIFs from the Kimigori Orange Road OVA series already, as it has some of the most impressive animation of the series outside of the movie and maybe the opening and ending sequences. These first two are especially fun to revisit on a lazy summer day and make me look forward to re-watching the rest of the OVAs whenever I have some more free time, hopefully before the end of the summer. The director of the White Lovers episode was Koichiro Nakamura, who actually doesn't have a lot of work to his credit, at least from what I found online. He storyboarded and directed some episodes of the original Kimigori Orange Road TV series, as well as a few episodes of Anmitsuhime, Roboton, and he did in-between animation on the Doraemon movie Nobita's Little Space War. Yoshiaki Yanagida was the animation director, who also did key animation on multiple Doraemon and Crayon Shinchan films, Miracle Girls, and Jinro. The Hawaiian Suspense episode was directed by Shigeru Morikawa, who was also the assistant director on Dirty Pair, Affair on Nolandia, stage director on the original Project Echo film, and did the concept work on Nadia, the Secret of Blue Water movie. The animation director for this episode was credited as Masayuki, aka Masayuki Yamaguchi. He was also a key animator on the original Gunbuster, the end of the Evangelion movie, and the character designer from Across Plus. Music for the entire OVA was done by Shiro Sagisu, who also did music for the original Orange Road TV series, as well as things like iCity, Megazone 2-3, Evangelion, and many, many others. The OVA series was never dubbed into English. In fact, the only Kimigori Orange Road thing to ever get an English dub was the 90s film that ADV released years ago. So, no having to choose between what track to listen to this time around, it's only available in Japanese. Playing Kyosuke, we have the iconic seiyu Toru Furuya, who you might also know as Amuro Rei in the Gundam franchise, Pegasus in Saint Seiya, and Tuxedo Mask in Sailor Moon. Eriko Hara voices Hikaru, and you've also probably heard her before as Ranzi in Tokimeki Tonight, Ayako in Slam Dunk, and Sailor Iron Mouse in the final season of Sailor Moon. And of course, playing Madoka, we have the late Hiromi Suru, who also gave voice to such beloved characters as Bulma in the Dragon Ball franchise, Ukio in Ranma One Half, Meryl in Trigun, and many, many others. As I mentioned before, I originally watched this OVA on VHS. 
This time around, however, I was conveniently able to watch it streaming in HD online officially on Crunchyroll. As of this recording, they have all of the OVA as well as the original TV series up for streaming in North America, and you can watch it for free even without a premium subscription. One thing that did kind of confuse me was that the White Lovers Ski Trip episode is listed as having a completely different episode title for some reason. On Crunchyroll, it's titled as I Found Love and Repeat from the Beginning, instead of White Lovers. This is actually the title of the very last episode of the Kimigori Orange Road TV series, so I guess there was some kind of mix-up while they were putting names and labels on episodes, but this episode is in fact called White Lovers. So if you were ever looking for this specific episode and you couldn't find it, I guess that's why. Anyway, the series is streaming there in HD thanks to Discotech Media's brand new release of the series on Blu-ray, which you can also buy online, at Discotech's booths at conventions, and at fine anime retailers near you. I haven't been able to afford a copy for myself yet, but if the streaming version is any indication, the quality is excellent, and the Discotech team put a lot of care to fine-tune AnimeGo's older translation subtitles. If you're a longtime listener of the podcast, you already know how much I love Kimigori Orange Road as a series, and how its popularity in Japan when it originally came out was the catalyst for many rom-com love triangle anime series to follow. If you loved shows like Ranma One Half, Video Girl Eye, Oh My Goddess, or Tenchi Muyo, there's a high chance that you might enjoy Kimigori Orange Road since the creators were in no doubt at least a little inspired by it, directly or otherwise. If you're not too big on romance-centric shows and are looking for something fun that's maybe a little more action-oriented like the Hawaiian Suspense episode was, I'd totally recommend checking out things like Dirty Pair or Project Echo, which some of the same people worked on, and have a lot of similar comedy elements with a lot of that same 80s-style flair and none of the focus on romantic teen feelings. And that about wraps it up for this short review episode on the first two Kimigori Orange Road OVAs. Many thanks to those who left me tips this month on Kofi, including Rachel Tugas, and an extra special big thanks to Ashley and Scott. Thank you so much. If you want to get a shout out on the next episode of the podcast to be just as cool as they are, all you have to do is go to my Kofi account and leave me a tip of two or more coffees. I'll have a link to that in the show notes, which you can see at animenostalgia.blogspot.com, as well as animenostalgia.tumblr.com, where you can also find other relevant links for this episode, as well as links to past episodes. You can also find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get any of your podcasts. Just do a search for the Anime Nostalgia Podcast, and you can usually find it. And while you're there, you could always show my podcast some love by leaving a rating or a review. I always love seeing what people have to say about the podcast. Or if you want to send me your thoughts and comments directly, or you just want to say hi, you can always email me at animenostalgiapodcast at gmail.com. Might take me a little while to get back to you, 
but I promise that I do read all the email that I get. Also, before I go, I want to take a moment to send my love and my sympathies to everyone affected by the recent tragedy at Kyoto Animation. If you hadn't heard, on July 18th, the anime studio was attacked by an arsonist and many workers there were hurt or killed. While Kyoto Animation is most well known now for their modern anime work, back in the 80s, they were a support studio that was co-founded by a married couple who hired mostly women to work on in-between animation and background art for such well-known titles as The Original Macross, Urusei Yatsura, Dirty Pear, Evangelion, and yes, even Kimigori Orange Road. They're a studio with a reputation for treating their staff better than most, and paying their workers salaries rather than pay by the job, for hiring more women than average studios do in the industry, for holding classes and seminars to try to usher in the new generation to follow in their footsteps. They are a studio that was well-respected and beloved by fans all over the world. And the sleepy towns and neighborhoods where they based their stories in experienced new life as travel destinations, thanks to dedicated fans wanting to see the places where their favorite stories came from. The work of all these individuals touched the lives of not just people of Japan, but everywhere around the world for many, many years, in little ways, in big ways, and in ways no one could ever imagine. And that's what I hope that we can all focus on the most in this painful time. The love and the care the beauty, everything that went into all of these wonderful, amazing works that they'd put out over the years. If you'd like to express your feelings of love and gratitude towards Kiwani, as of this recording, Crunchyroll has set up a page to collect fans' messages to forward to them, which I'm including a link to in the show notes. It may not seem like much, but if you're experiencing a lot of grief right now, Sending a kind message that will be sent directly to them might help you feel better, even just a little bit. Thanks once again for listening, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Take care of yourselves.